Well, good morning and welcome to Springbrook Community Church. We're glad you're with us this morning. My name is Richard. I'm the associate pastor here at Springbrook. And if this is your first or second time with us, uh, we want to extend a special welcome to you uh, this morning. You should have received a program on the way into the service. If you could go ahead and take that out with me for a moment. On the inside of that program, attached to the right side is a welcome slip. And you can go ahead and tear that off. If you are a first or second time guest, there's a place for you to indicate that there at the top. And you can share with us as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. Uh, be sure and let us know how you heard about Springbrook. And if you're a regular attender here at Springbrook, um, we're glad you're with us too. And you can put your uh, first name on there, the names of any adults that are with you. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, there's a place for you down at the bottom to share any prayer requests that you might have. And so you can write that out anytime during the service. A member of our prayer team will be praying for you next week. And we'll be collecting these uh, just a little bit towards the end of the service. On the inside of your program, you have a couple of inserts. I wanted to let you know that there's a pink insert on the inside of your program. This is the last weekend we're going to be running uh, the information about our upcoming Parity is No Compromise uh, Junior High and Senior High uh, Young Women's uh, Conference coming up on April 4th and 5th. And so I had an opportunity to talk to Emily Phillips uh, last week. She said, as of right now, we have 75 girls signed up for that conference. And so this, yeah, that's great, right? And so if you haven't had a chance to register um, your 6th through 12th grader, you want to be sure and do that today. If you have any questions about Pink, you can contact Emily or stop by the Ministry Center out in the lobby after the service this morning. There will be someone there to answer any questions you have. You also have a purple insert on the inside of your program. There's some information about our upcoming Women's Coffee Connection. And so, ladies, if you're looking for an opportunity to uh, get together with some other ladies, um, this is a great opportunity to do that. If you're new to Springbrook, maybe you want to know just a little bit more about our ministry, meet some other ladies, uh, sign up for one of those. Uh, we have a Monday evening. It's from 7 to 8.30 here at Springbrook. And if the evenings don't work for you, then we have a Tuesday from 9 to 10.30 in the morning as well. And so uh, you can sign up for that this morning. Just uh, give us your name, your contact information. Um, if you'd like someone to uh, talk with about that, there'll be someone again at the ministry center uh, counter out through the service this morning. Now on the back of that insert, we've got some information about some upcoming exciting classes. We have a baptism service we'll be scheduling soon. If you haven't had an opportunity to be baptized through immersion, if you have any questions about that, um, the next class is going to be on April 6th. Um, we have a spiritual gifts class coming up. Uh, it's going to be a three-week class beginning April 15th from 7 to 8.30 right here at Springbrook. And uh, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is or if you're looking for a place to serve and get connected at Springbrook, this is a great class for you to do that. So you can sign up for that as well. And then we also have a membership class coming up on April 27th. It's an opportunity to meet with Pastor Dan here about our vision, mission, and values at Springbrook. And so if you're not yet a member of Springbrook, if you want to know more about that, you can sign up for that today as well. Today, uh, Pastor Dan's going to be kicking off a new series, Disciple Driven, and I can't begin to tell you how excited I am personally about what I know God's going to do in and through us uh, individually and as a church family, and uh, we're glad you're with us this morning. Good morning, everybody. Hey, let's check the weather forecast. We've got Sunday, 25, today, Monday, 37, Tuesday, 53, yeah, Wednesday, oh, yeah, Wednesday, 42, got some rain, who cares about rain, it disappears, all right, Thursday, 44, and Friday, 55, <laughs> it's sweet, isn't it, no doubt, and friends, it's time that we give gratitude to God. Because spring has sprung! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
bad, bad winter. Here are some statistics. It's the third worst winter in recorded history. Third in amount of snowfall, 67.4 inches. Uh, the worst was in 1979 with 80.6. Uh, third worst in average temperature, 18.6 degrees. Uh, the worst was back in 1903 with 18.3 degrees. And then the first in days below zero. We did it. We set a record. All right. Tell your grandchildren about that. Maybe they live. Maybe they're. But 26 days, back in 1885, 23 degrees. Congratulations. When we talk about the seasons, uh, it's nice that we have four seasons, isn't it, uh, here in this area. Uh, And so they're kind of like different times in our lives uh, as we move through these seasons. And and also... It's kind of like chapters. And when we look at our lives, they're, they're, they're similar to seasons. and they're, they're chapters that we go from one to the next. Chapters of growth. Chapters of challenges. Chapters of true joy. I mean, just life is going grand. And it's the same way with a church family. We have different chapters. In fact, we're finishing up our heartstrong chapter uh, this month. And it has been a great chapter of our ministry. Let's take a look at some of the things uh, that God has done. First of all, our key verse for Heartstrong, Luke 10, 27. And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So what was our strategy? You'll see our outline here. We loving God, loving God together. Loving God one-on-one, and then loving others, loving our community, and then loving our family. So let's, first of all, look at loving God together. Through our HeartStrong initiative, through your generosity, through your commitment, uh, we were able to hire our full, first full-time worship director. Uh, Jeff Osborne came in uh, September and we were able to finance his position through our HeartStrong initiative the next year. And he was here a little under a year before God called him to Oklahoma City to start a church and be the uh, worship director there. And then God quickly provided John Jackson, who led us in a powerful worship time, huh? Yeah. What a gift John and Laura and Lincoln have been. Uh, to our ministry, and they've helped us grow so much deeper in our worship experience. So that is what God brought to us through our HeartStrong initiative, a deeper worship experience, and that's, that's going to continue. Heart, our HeartStrong vision doesn't end. Uh, the idea of an initiative is, is that you drive down values deeper into our community. Uh, we torch about you. We say, hey, this is something we really need to think and pray about. And worship was one of them. And God came through as always. The second area is uh, loving God one on one. And we talked a lot about a time alone with God that you just don't come here and expect that your spiritual life is going to be transformed by sitting in the seats. Uh, but it's through time alone with Jesus on a daily basis, listening to Him, uh, praying to Him, that that's where 
uh, one of the, uh, your relationship is grounded. And that 2959 uh, plan, that is something that we encourage people to use, Bible meditation. So we grew in that area and will continue uh, to grow. The next area is loving our families. Loving our families. And uh, we assessed you to death <laughs> with all kinds of assessments, right? To find out where you and your spouse were. And we had seminars. And we had our first marriage retreat. We'll be doing that again. We had a community parenting conference. Uh, Friday and a Saturday. We invited the whole community out uh, through postcards. Uh, we just started our United uh, Marriage Workshop. And we're going to continue that heartstrong vision of creating healthy, Christ-centered marriages. And then finally, loving our community. Loving our community. Uh, compassion team uh, development. Uh, Pastor Rich did a wonderful job of starting that and, and leading a team and saying, how can we as a church be more compassionate? And here's some projects that flowed out of that team. First, our food truck ministry. Very excited to bring our food truck here. And we do the food truck like nobody else. We bring people into our building. We, we talk to them. We pray with them. We provide different resources uh, for them. We have a couple food trucks uh, coming up here. Uh, Kids Hope USA. Thirteen adults are going over to Lake in the Hills every week in order to mentor uh, children. Uh, who need some encouragement. Jail ministry. Uh, we're slowly working on that and getting people involved and ministering uh, to the people who are incarcerated. And then support for ongoing ministries. Angel Tree, backpacks, things we've been doing for quite a while. And the whole idea here is that uh, the compassion team and our HeartStrong administrator, Shannon Marcoux, provided the support so the people who've been doing these ministries for a long time said, it's never been better. We finally have some help, <laughs> you know, some staff support. Uh, so we're so encouraged uh, by that as well. Friends, our HeartStrong initiative changed our church. It made us more mature as a congregation in Jesus Christ. It gave us a greater heart for people in need. It us a gift. Uh, gave us a greater heart for marriages. Uh, gave us a greater heart for worship and time alone with Him. Now, the financial end of our initiative is uh, going to be this month. Uh, at the same time, um, we're going to continue the vision. We also have funding going into third year uh, for different projects. And I, I just want to let you know uh, that the elders and the finance team have worked very hard at making sure that every dollar that was given to HeartStrong went toward these particular initiatives. So I appreciate all the work that they do in stewarding the resources that you give to God and that we steward on His uh, behalf. So, uh, we're going to continue the HeartStrong uh, spirit, but at the same time, we're going to move into a new a new chapter. And <clears throat> last fall, uh, I started to process myself, and then I, I sat down and talked with the elders in our meetings, and I said, okay, well, what are we going to do 
at the heart strong is over. And in terms of what we were seeing then in terms of giving trends, we realized that we still did not have enough money to meet our general fund. And that was one of the purposes of our heart strong initiative was to partially fund our budget. So uh, we started to talk and we started to pray, pray, especially, and we, we looked at three different options uh, in terms of how to, to move ahead here in uh, supporting this ministry. Uh, the first was just to ask everybody, hey, uh, you've been sacrificially giving to HeartStrong and, and we're so thankful for that. Why don't you just ask the Lord what He would lead you to do to continue to give in whatever level. Just kind of roll in whatever heart-strong giving uh, that God would desire you to do. And uh, after we did some research, uh, we found that that doesn't work in terms of meeting our whole need. Uh, so uh, we looked at that very, very carefully and said, no, that, that's not going to work. The second thing we did uh, was we said, okay, uh, cut our budget. Now, we've been cutting our budget over the last several years. And so when you look at our budget, we got our mortgage, and that's pretty fixed. We are talking uh, to Cornerstone, our lender, to see if they might refinance uh, our mortgage. Uh, so we're going to be praying about that. Uh, but that's a fixed expense. And then we have our ministry expenses, which uh, our staff is so good at doing so much on so little. Uh, so we've pared that down about as much as we can. So the only other option is staff, uh, our staff budget. And uh, we figured that in order uh, to have the general fund meet uh, uh, the giving, we would have to cut 40% of our staff, both full-time and part-time. And after we process through that, we realized we can't do that. That's just a no-go because that would severely handicap our ministry and send us in the wrong direction. So we kept praying and thinking, and uh, we thought, well, the only other option is to do another initiative, a new initiative. And, uh, you know, we, we thought and struggled through that because, of course, we made a big ask two years ago, and uh, now making another uh, big ask. Uh, we prayed with a day of fasting. We uh, asked our prayer team to pray for us, and we really sought the Lord out. And after all was said and done, we, we really felt that God was asking us to embark on a new initiative to help supplement our general fund, our staff, and then, of course, to do some new and exciting uh, things. Uh, so, uh, that's what I want to introduce to you uh, today, but I did want to share the process uh, with you because uh, we are stewarding the uh, resources that you give, and uh, we just want to tell you exactly how we work through this and process through it. Uh, and, you know, I know that some people uh, might say, well, what happens in two years? You know, if it's still the same situation. And I say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what God's going to do in two years. I don't know what he's going to do tomorrow. But, but all I know is that I can pray. I can pray. 
And Lori and I came down in 1995 to start this ministry called by God. And so many wonderful people joined us in this adventure. And God has always provided for us. And I prayed a lot, obviously, about our ministry. But as I've been processing through this initiative, thinking through it, I spent a lot of time. And uh, I, I really, well, God led me. Uh, to say, Dan, you need to pray more than you've ever prayed before. Seventeen and a half years of prayer. Well, you need to kick it up a big, big notch. And you just need to come to me. And, and uh, I know that if I do that, and I know if you do that, uh, after two years, we can say, we called on God. We ask God to guide us, to provide for us, to uh, help us. And uh, I think things will be much clearer. And, and so the reason I'm spending time on this is because uh, Heart Strong was a generosity initiative, and we did talk about prayer, and of course we've been praying. But first of all, Disciple Driven is a prayer initiative. And my desire in two years is that we would be a church that is so dependent upon God in prayer, both in our personal lives and, and as a family, that uh, the Holy Spirit would move in this place like He's never moved before, because that's that's how the Holy Spirit works. you got to pray. In fact, it says in Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, and I tell you, and this is Jesus Christ talking, this is just after he speaks the Lord's Prayer. So this is in the context of that. And he says, I, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now, now God loves us so much. His love never changes. No matter what we do, no if we're a Christ follower, no matter what kind of sins we commit, if we're you know, not walking with God or walking with God, His love never changes. But friends, the more we engage with God, the more we experience Him. And if you're walking far from God, you're not experiencing God. He loves you the same, but you're not experiencing Him. And the way to experience God is to pray to Him and to ask and seek and knock. Because God puts a high value on faith. He wants you to step out in faith. He wants you to ask Him, to seek Him, and to knock on His door saying, Lord, I need your help. And friends, that's what we need to do as a church. We need to ask and seek and knock and say, God, we need you. We need you to provide for, for our financial resources, our leadership resources, our volunteer resources, and we need to pray and pray and pray. And God will show up. I don't know how He'll show up, but He will. And we will receive. And we will find. And it will be open. So when it comes to this new initiative called Disciple Driven, number one is prayer. And we'll be talking a little more about that uh, next week. Well, I want to look at uh, 
Well, let me tell you the story of how God has been working in my heart. Last August, God really taught me something. He reminded me of something. And that is, is that uh, everything that I do is disciple-making. For my kids, for my wife, and my wife with me, and, and uh, all the ministry uh, that I do, the people that I touch and encourage in the community. It's all disciple-making. And we're a disciple-making community. The whole goal is that we might become stronger disciples of Jesus Christ. And of course, this is our mission statement at Springbrook, to build passionate followers, same word, disciples, passionate followers of Jesus Christ. We look at Matthew 28, 19-20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is our mission. That is every Bible-believing church's mission, is to go and make disciples. Another way to break it down here, make disciples, is to evangelize, uh, to go to new people and new places, to establish by baptizing new believers and teaching obedience and equipping, teaching believers is also to make disciples. So here's a working definition that I have of a disciple making. Disciple making is helping people to find and follow Jesus and equipping them to do the same. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings people to Jesus, but He uses us. So helping people to find and follow Jesus, and equipping them to do the same. Now, that's usually where uh, we don't follow through. I mean, we're all good about being a disciple of Christ and experiencing a relationship with God. But the question is, who are we discipling? Who are we equipping? Who are we helping to experience the same thing that we've experienced? And as I think about this initiative, I just, I can envision over the next two years, our staff, our leaders, our volunteers, everyone, to say, okay, how can we revision? How can we re-envision, that is? How can uh, we look at everything through the lens of discipleship in every ministry? And how can we make every ministry in our church more discipleship-oriented about building stronger disciples, who build stronger disciples, who build stronger disciples. Well, Disciple Driven is a prayer initiative, and it's also a full engagement initiative. Uh, we all need to be all in. All of us have areas in our life where we're all in. It might be a hobby. It might be watching TV. We're all into watching TV. We're all into watching video games. I mean, there's some area of life where I say, oh, that's my sweet spot. That's what I really enjoy doing. That's what I love to give my time and energies to. Well, friends, we need to be praying that uh, we would be all in to Jesus Christ's mission on this earth. We need to be all in. What does that mean? Well, we're going to discover that. All in in terms of especially volunteering, serving in our ministry in order to make uh, disciples. All in in prayer, all in in giving, all those different areas. We'll be talking more about that. And finally, Disciple Driven is a generosity initiative, a generosity 
initiative. And we'll unpack that in the future. But, let's look at the key verse for our disciple-driven initiative. Uh, verse 8 of Acts, uh, book of Acts, which of course we've been studying. We've looked at this verse many times. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So let's take a look at our logo here. I want to thank Sarah Mason uh, for creating this, along with help from others like Justin, uh, Pastor Justin. And uh, it is really cool. Once you start to understand what this vision is all about and what we want to accomplish together as a ministry. Let's first of all look at our Jerusalem. That's our home church. Now again, I talked about the deficit in terms of general fund giving to our budget. So over the next two years, the two-year initiative, we want to fund our current disciple-making staff. And somebody asked, well, what's, who's our disciple-making staff? Is that the pastors? And <laughs> It's everybody on our staff. We're all disciple-makers. you got Cindy Nabalik doing all kinds of data entry. Well, that's disciple-making, right? She's helping people make connections and and keeping the systems flowing and things of that nature. Uh, so again, uh, we're going to give 125. Or we're going to uh, uh, give 125,000 dollars a year uh, to supplement our staff budget. Now the second area uh, is that of new disciple-making staff and resources. So as we go through this initiative, we're thinking, okay, how can we strategically position? ourselves for God to move? What are areas of our ministry that we can shore up, that we can improve in order that God might work through us? All right, so two areas. First of all, is our children's ministry uh, support. Appreciate Michelle Howe's ministry as our part-time director. And we realize that with our size church and attracting new people that we need uh, more of a full-time person. Can't afford that, so... We want to add a 15-hour part-time person and, uh, in order to do something really special. We're going to overhaul our Kid City ministry. One thing we're strongly considering at this time is uh, asking uh, the second and fifth graders uh, to be out for the whole service so they can have their own worship and teaching time, sing the songs that they love, a lot of activity and uh, uh, have great teachers who are teaching large groups, and then they break down into small groups. And so they have a discipleship uh, group where these uh, leaders are encouraging, loving, guiding these children in becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. So looking forward to that. The second position, and again, these are funded over three years, these positions, is our connection director. Now, what's a connection director? Well, this is a person who facilitates connections between people. Your relationships at a church are critical. They're the glue that keep you attached to a church in a sense because it's your relationships is where you grow. We're, 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 you rub shoulders and iron and iron. And, and again, we want to help people make connections. Now, with our size church, uh, those type of relationships don't naturally happen. So we have to encourage people and we have to create processes in order that they might get connected. So this particular person is going to help people get connected to newcomer events, 
ministry opportunities, uh, small groups, and other things. Uh, we are understaffed, so uh, we need a person who can help us in this area in order to get people coming. I mean, people love our church. They come, and the majority of people say, wow, it's a great church. And they stay for you know three months or whatever, four months, and but then they drift off because we don't have someone on staff intentionally connecting them to another person, helping them make that connection, managing all of that. So this is a very important position, about 25 hours a week. But we'll, it will, I believe it will set us up uh, for what God uh, wants uh, to do. So that's our Jerusalem. All right, let's move uh, to our Judea. Now, you notice, let's go back to our Jerusalem See, that's our home there in the green. Now let's go back to our Judea. And there you see uh, the Chicago City skyline. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. That, that's the wrong, forget it. I heard he blew that. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that yet. But uh, let's talk about our Judea. Now this is our, our community here. Right? We're talking about gospel connections. Planting the seeds of the gospel in people's lives as we talked about uh, several weeks ago. So these funds will uh, support community activities to bring people onto our campus, uh, fun activities, that, uh, especially with kids, uh, that they can engage in and expose uh, our ministry uh, to people who don't know Jesus. And then printed media advertising. Uh, we're looking at ways to encourage people to come out. We, we want to know what's most effective. And then, of course, evangelism training. This really is a key is that, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, our evangelism temperature is low in terms of the number of people we're seeing to come to know Jesus. And so uh, evangelism is the first step of disciple-making. They go together, right? Go and make disciples. So a person first needs to be evangelized. They need to know the gospel and then embrace it. And then the discipleship uh, journey uh, starts. Like what I'd like you to do at this time is to take out uh, this yellow sheet. Okay, everybody do that for me. If we have our ushers come forward, if you can take out a pen. And uh, the ushers have pens if you need them. Okay, so just raise your hand if you need a pen. We're just going to take a moment uh, to go through this uh, because we want to know the most effective way to spend the resources God has entrusted to us in getting the word out about our ministry. So we can draw more seekers, we can draw more believers who don't have a church home. Uh, so just fill out, only one person in the family has to do it. Uh, fill out the family name, the year you started to attend. Uh, and we're primarily looking at uh, our postcard uh, or any of the type of uh, brochures that we would send out. Uh, if you in any way came because of a postcard... Uh, or somebody gave you a postcard, or mailed to you, please be sure to check that and tell us about the story uh, if there's any more details about that. Same thing with the web. Uh, a lot of people, of course, most people look for a church on the web these days. And then uh, if you had a friend that invited you out, whether it be someone here at church or somebody said, hey, you should check this church out. And if it's somebody here at church, we'd love to have you uh, put that name down. Or drive by. You just kept driving by this place. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit eventually said, you should check that out. You know? uh, and, and then any, anything else? So we're just going to take a moment here. All right, We're going to give you some writing music uh, to fill this out. Because it's very important information for us 
in order to know how we can reach people for Christ. Gives you a start at least. Uh, we're going to turn those in in our offering, so uh, you can complete those. But please do that. That helps us uh, so much in uh, reaching people for Christ. Well, let's look at our Samaria. Our Samaria. Now you see the green skyline in the right place. Uh, our Samaria, again, is a different cultural setting. And Again, throughout this time, uh, I'll be telling you different stories about how God put this whole thing together because it really is amazing. But Lawndale Community Church uh, in the inner city of Chicago, not too far from the United Center, is an, it's, a, it's a miracle. It really is a miracle. Uh, it, it happened back in the 70s where Wayne Gordon, uh, who's affectionately named Coach, he was a football coach over there at Farragut, a high school, and there were some kids who wanted to start a church. He had a Bible study with them. So let's start a church, and that was not his intention. Uh, so what happened was, is they uh, started talking about. They eventually did start a church, and uh, what happened over the last 37 years is that whole area. That was the 15th poorest neighborhood in the nation at that time, has been transformed by God's ministry through Lawndale. And so what happened was, is they got started, and, and, and it really was a lot about holistic disciple-making. Not just helping people in their spiritual life, which is the most important thing, but helping people in their physical life and, and helping them in other areas of their lives, uh, marriages, things of that nature. And so uh, we took a vision tour uh, down there. Uh, I see a picture here of us kind of wandering around. Uh, they bought a lot of storefronts up. I don't know how many really blocks of buildings that they own uh, because it's a very, uh, you know, uh, depleted area. But uh, so, so we went down there, our pastoral staff, and uh, Al Dici from our elder board, and a coach is the shortest guy there. I felt tall next to him. <laughs> but he's a fireball, man. He has so much vision uh, coming out of him. And then I'm standing next to Daryl Sephora, who is the executive pastor in this ministry. And Daryl gave us the whirlwind tour of Lawndale. In this next picture, you'll see the gymnasium and the 1985 Bears, led by Mike Singletary, funded this gymnasium. 
back in the day in order to help uh, this particular church reach uh, the inner city. And that was just the beginning because since then, uh, they've started a medical clinic. And that medical clinic now, today, again, 37 years later, serves 150,000 people a year with a very small copay. It's got a $36 million budget uh, that's been given by all people all around uh, the world, I assume. I mean, and uh, then they also have a fitness center that was uh, given to them, in a sense, uh, from a grant from the government. Uh, so it's an amazing place to visit. they got Illuminati's. And that's a whole other story about how Coach encouraged them to start Illuminati's. You do not find Illuminati's in the inner city. <laughs> but it's business development. Uh, it covers everything. And uh, it was just so exciting to be there. And uh, we're going to form a partnership uh, with this ministry. And we're going to learn so much about compassion and justice. This is where it's a continuation of our HeartStrong initiative. We started with compassion. And now we're going to learn even more about compassion and justice in the inner city. In the next picture, uh, you'll see uh, the Hope House. The Hope House. This is a place uh, where guys can come who are struggling in life. They maybe uh, have addicting addictions or they have just gotten out of prison, uh, whatever they're going through, uh, they can come to the Hope House and find a place uh, to stay. And they take them through the 12 steps, and they mentor them. In fact, this is the alumni wall where you see all the people who have gone through uh, the Hope House and who God has restored. Uh, there, there are just so many miracle stories down there at Lawndale. In fact, in this next picture... Uh, you'll see a picture of uh, Daryl Sephore. Uh, do we have the next picture up? Okay. Uh, we have Daryl Sephore there on the left, and he's the executive pastor. And this is the thing that just blew me away in terms of God's power. Uh, this guy used to manage a KFC, about a million dollars a year back in the 90s, and he fell into drug addiction. And his family fell apart, and... He told us a story at Luminati's when we were sitting there. Just unbelievable. And uh, so he ended up at the Hope House. I mean, life was flatlining for him. And so he stayed at the Hope House. And through God's power and the ministry of the Hope House, God restored him. And then they have another house called the Nehemiah House. And when you go to the Nehemiah House, you start to pay uh, some rent. And so the whole idea is restoration in these men's lives. And so uh, we have uh, Daryl, uh, who was in the Hope House, went to the Nehemiah House, got on staff at uh, Lawndale as a worship director, okay, got a Master of Divinity uh, degree in, in ministry, and uh, then he became the executive pastor of the church and got a doctorate. Okay, that's all in 13 years. 13 years that life transformation took place. And he is the most engaging, fun, wonderful guy, you know. And it's all because of God's power. And friends, when, when we pray and ask for God's power in people's lives, he shows up. And, and because of the nature of where Lawndale is and 
and the economic situation, uh, the illustrations even sometimes are more powerful, like you see uh, in Daryl's life. Uh, so, friends, we're investing in this ministry, but more importantly, we're partnering with this ministry. You'll see here in this next slide, uh, uh, we're giving them $25,000 as the funds come in. And uh, I was talking with Coach about this. He's a very humble guy. I mean, he's a national leader in uh, inner city development. Uh, a very humble guy. And he said, listen, you can send us a check for 25000 if you want to do that. But we're more interested in a partnership uh, with your ministry. Uh, we want you to come down here, and we want to come up there, and uh, we want to get to know uh, you guys. And uh, <laughs> this is so cool. Uh, because it's going to teach us so much about discipleship. It's going to teach us so much about uh, missions. Uh, it's going to, again, I think really uh, inspire us, and God's going to use it in wonderfully, wonderful ways. Uh, we were talking with Coach and, and Daryl about different ways we could partner with them. And one way is that a small group or anybody who wants to go uh, could go down uh, one Sunday and go to the 11 o'clock service and then provide a dinner for several men at Hope House and their families. And that would be a disciple-making opportunity. Or maybe after uh, someone's had an initial experience like that, they say, I'd love, to, I'd love to disciple a guy at Hope House or Nehemiah House. That's another possibility. And then church services. In fact, uh, Pastor Joe, uh, who's in charge of Hope House, a uh, very colorful uh, character is going to be here with us on April 6th. And he's going to share a little bit about his story of Hope House. And then after the service, uh, he's going to have a meeting for anybody who wants to come and learn more about the Lawndale uh, ministry. Because it is a thrilling ministry. I encourage you to go online and look up Lawndale and just start to read the story. And there's like, I mean, Coach has written like five books and one book tells the the story of Lawndale called The Real uh, Chicago. But this is a chance uh, for us to get our hands on uh, ministry in the inner city, and uh, it really is thrilling uh, how God brought that uh, to us and how receptive uh, this church has been uh, to our desire to work with them. And then finally, let's look at our, at our ends of the earth. And here you'll see the green on north and south America, but we're not going there, we're going to India. <laughs> a little farther uh, than that. Uh, part of our vision is to plant 100 churches in North India and also have other mission trips in the coming years. Now you say, how can you plant 100 churches in North India? Well, it's through something called the Timothy Initiative. And the Timothy Initiative is very innovative. And they have a whole structure. I won't take time to explain it. But... When it comes right down to it, you have a bivocational farmer, typically, who's living in this 1040 window. I'll talk about that another time. But it's really the unevangelized areas of the world, uh, unreached people uh, groups. And so what happens is, is that through the Timothy Initiative, for $300, a church planter who's trained for this process, only $300, they get this solid theological, and church planting education. And it's over two years. And so what happens is, is that we want to invest $30,000 to train 100 uh, nationals 
to teach uh, and to build a church and to train other men uh, to be church planners as well. And so the idea is is that you got this bivocational farmer and then he comes out at night or on the weekends and, and he's trained by another national. That's a pretty intense training uh, program. And to, to graduate, they actually have to have, have to have started a church. And then they also, in this particular program, are to find two Tituses and they're to start churches. So from this particular investment, we could see two to three hundred churches started in these unevangelized un- uh, areas. Now let me show you some pictures here. Uh, this is a graduation ceremony uh, for the Timothy Initiative. Now again, you can look at Look this up online. Uh, it's not, there's two of them, Timothy Initiative, but this is TT Online, I believe, so be careful uh, which one you go to. Uh, so, uh, Timothy Initiative is graduation. Here's a picture of the graduates. And then next we see a picture of one of these churches that have been formed. And, uh, and most of them are new converts. The average size church is 15 to 20. But the area that we're going to be starting churches in, uh, they average like 25 to 35. Imagine that, huh? Isn't that thrilling? <laughs> yeah, here's another picture of another church. And so as we invest uh, in these men, uh, we'll be kept updated. In fact, uh, Phil Sura, who was one of the founding members of Springbrook, and he moved like after four years up to Minneapolis, uh, he is going to be with us on April 13th, and he is on the board of the Timothy Initiative, and he has been overseas many times uh, in regards to this, and he's going to share in our service, and afterwards we're going to have a time for him to share more for anybody who wants to know more. But uh, I just, uh, and there's another story behind that, but I don't have time to tell that. But uh, God is so good, huh? Man, I tell you. Uh, yeah, Amen. Amen. This is so cool. This is so cool. So our investment is $75,000, 30000 to train the guys, uh, some money to go over, to just take a couple trips to India, the smaller groups, and then the rest of the money will be devoted to mission trips here in the United States or other places in order that we might cultivate a stronger heart for missions. Uh, we're really going to work on that during this initiative is uh, raising up... Uh, Awareness of the missionaries that we do support and, of course, uh, the projects that we're talking about here. So, friends, that is uh, a quick, quick summary. This is really hard to prepare this message because I'm thinking, oh, man, i got so much to share. Uh, But a quick summary of where we're going. Uh, But I would really ask you to make a commitment to be here for the next four weeks as we talk about this initiative. Because I'm going to be unpacking a lot of these different things. And as I said, Pastor Joe's coming and Phil's coming. And, and you'll have a greater understanding. You'll get a video brochure. And we'll have information gatherings, those type of things. Uh, but I would just encourage you to, to keep this in prayer. To really pray for our ministry. To pray for His provision, for His direction, and for His power to flow uh, through us. So we look at the next slide. And uh, Saturday, March 29th, we have our morning of prayer, uh, 7 to noon. Uh, you can, again, sign up for one of those hours. We'll be telling you more about that. 
but again, it all begins with prayer. And then just something to keep on your uh, calendar, uh, Monday through Friday, April 7th through 12th, uh, we're going to have information gatherings each night. And we're asking all the small groups to come to the information gathering. And people who are not involved in small groups, you know, choose your night. Uh, you'll get more information about that. And then April 27th will be the Commitment Sunday. As you work through this and you ask God how He wants you to be involved in this, you'll bring your commitment uh, at that particular uh, time. As we move to the next slide, we see uh, that, number one, this is a prayer initiative. Okay, I want to keep reminding ourselves about this. It all starts with prayer. And we're going to go deep in learning how to commune uh, with Jesus uh, in a, a very powerful way. So let's have our ushers come forward to gather our love gifts to God. Dear new Father, <laughs> oh Lord, I, I know this is new to everybody and uh, they might be overwhelmed by all the information and they're going to take time to process this and I've been living this for the last uh, I don't know how many months. But Lord, it is thrilling, this new initiative uh, that you've given us. It's always beautiful. Out of the need that we have, uh, you give us uh, a new vision, a new direction. Uh, it's just so cool to see that happen. And uh, my passion is that uh, we at Springbrook would be committed to disciple-making through the power of your Spirit, growing people up in Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I've asked one of our elders, John Hathaway, to come up and share some of his uh, observations and insights as we've gone through this process. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks again for the live mic. Uh, we're a church that walks by faith. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no, words are coming out. And Dan's like, give him a mic. <laughs> so let me take you back two years. So you got heart strong that kicked off. And, um, you know, Dan really covered a lot of the uh, the highlights. And... I have an unfair advantage being on the board that we got to see a lot more of the granular blessings and how God used your faithfulness, your resources to uh, to really take us into the next chapter. And, you know, as we as we processed through that and, and just stood back and saw God in it, we were just blown away. And then as Dan mentioned, and I guess it was August um, when the uh, the wind kind of died down and we had to focus on that hard topic, what do we do next when the funds of Heartstrong stopped flowing in? Uh, you know, it was a really hard and uh, important discussion to really process through as a board. And uh, I, we spent copious thousands of hours in prayer over what to do, the decisions to make. Dan walked you through a little bit of that. And uh, when, when we were presented with the three options, you know, I'll be honest, none, none of those options really sounded all that great. You know, we, uh, we weren't wildly enthusiastic about a new initiative. Um, and we had to process through that and seek God's calling. And, and I'm really glad that we did. We, we fasted through it. I mean, we spent, like I said, thousands of hours. And uh, unified by the Holy Spirit... You know, we, we came to agreement. This is the only thing to do. This is the only thing that makes sense to continue the progress. I don't know if you've seen it. The momentum in here in the last two years has shifted drastically. Amen? Amen. I mean, if you ask me, what did, what did Springbrook look like two years ago? I'd be like, uh, good. I, you know, I mean, it's that different 
from where we were two years ago, and I don't want that to stop. And so when we uh, made the decision, disciple-driven, you know, what really excites me about this is, uh, first and foremost, the unity in the Holy Spirit working in each of us as elders to come to an agreement here. And then just the, the purpose behind it is grounded foundationally in Scripture, Matthew 28, 19. Um, and it's just an exciting new chapter in Springbrook's history, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of that. And as we process through what does this look like, um, you know, let's build some structure around it. Let's, you know, find some efforts that we can focus on. You know, God just kept delivering these incredible opportunities that just seemed to come out of thin air. You know, the Timothy Initiative. And, I mean, this thing's been around for a while, but... Yeah, you know, I've never heard of it until this year. And, uh, you know, the Lawndale effort. What an amazing opportunity and, and transformation in, in the Chicago area that we can, as a church body, embrace and, and be partners with. And, you know, I said this at 9 o'clock, but uh, it bears repeating, you know, in this white-collar area that we live in, this, this middle and upper-class Huntley, it's real easy to, to write a check and, no, okay, I say that tongue-in-cheek. It's not easy to write a check and say, hey, you know what, use this, be blessed by it. Um, but it is something that, that you kind of just get into a habit of. And it's, it's such an incredible opportunity to roll up your sleeves and to, to dig in, get your hands dirty in an actual hands-on ministry uh, with this Lawndale effort and even the missions that we'll send over to India and uh, just to experience God in a whole new light. Talk about spiritual growth. That's an explosive situation. And so, you know, we've done, we've done Mexico. We've done Belize. You know, we've done New York. That's kind of its own country. Um, it's close to Canada. And, you know, so we really processed India. What a great opportunity. I mean, it's not even on the globe. It's that far away. <laughs> in another globe somewhere else. No. Um, 0.01% evangelized. I mean, that's one out of every 10,000 humans. That's it, that have heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And what an amazing opportunity as a church body to not only throw money towards that effort, but to be hands and feet and be participants in that, to go over there and, and to witness it for ourselves. What an amazing opportunity. And so um, that's kind of how we, I mean, it was a rough, rough eight, six months, I guess. Um, but, man, we're all jazzed about it now. And so I uh, just uh, I hope and pray that you stand behind us and that we can uh, fully embrace these efforts as a church body. Uh, thank you, John, so much. Thank you. We could have our prayer team uh, come forward at this time, and we always want to encourage you to come up for prayer. Uh, this morning, I would just encourage you to come up and, and uh, tell our prayer team what you're thankful for, what you're rejoicing over, because whenever God does something good in our lives, He doesn't do it for us. He does it in order that we might testify about Him. That's the purpose. Right? When God does good things in your life, you better tell somebody or you're going to waste it, right? So come up and tell one of our prayer team leaders. Tell them what uh, God is doing, and, and let's praise Him uh, together. John, could you close for us? Sure. Heavenly Father, we just thank You 
for this church body. We thank you for their faithfulness and for their commitment to you and uh, just for the explosive growth that you brought about through Hodgstrong. And God, we, we put our complete faith in you for disciple-driven, Lord. We know that you're behind this 100%. And Lord, we, uh, we look to you for guidance. We step out of the way, Lord, and we just ask that you would use each of us in the way that you have designed and called each of us uh, to walk in obedience. And I pray, Lord, uh, for these people here that they would uh, fully embrace your mission to go forth and make disciples. And uh, God, I just thank you that we're a part of that calling and that we get to experience your hands and your feet throughout, throughout that process. God, I just pray for your blessings over this church body and uh, these men and women and their families as they go throughout the week. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey guys, enjoy this beautiful week.